Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Trampling Hall Podcast. I am your host, Misha Globerman. I will warn you now, this podcast may contain mature language. Trampling Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar, usually in Toronto, sometimes in other cities. People give lectures on all kinds of topics, with the one rule being that they cannot be professionally expert on the topics on which they are speaking. It can't be their job to know the thing. Um, after each lecture, we take questions from the audience, and the Q&A is part of the podcast, too. I think I think part of the charm, Trampling Hall, as the live show, is that there's a kind of roughness around the edges. Like, it's not this super slick, polished thing. There's there's stumbling, and there's people on stage who... Some of, the, some of the speakers are really experienced. Some of them have never been on stage before. But there's a kind of roughness to the whole thing. Um, we weren't sure if that roughness would come through on the podcast or not. But one way in which it definitely does come through, I think, is in the crazy audio quality of the Q&A. If you're listening to the Q&A, and you listen to it much, um, you'll recognize, like, just the amazing like whooshing and rushing and like someone asks a question and it's like oh is that person driving by in a car and shouting their question from a car window no no they are just on the other side of a bar we have taken every step we can to make the Q&A sound as good and professional as we possibly can with the end result that the Q&A sound not professional at all um our hope and belief is that that becomes part of the charm of the podcast and the way that if you're curious if you're like a if you're a technically curious person the way to record the show is we don't put mics in the hands of the audience because we want the Q&A to feel in the room very fluid and that's the most important thing so what we do is we have a few mics around the room strategically placed so that you can kind of hear what people are saying and then and and then Josh our editor goes back and he like turns up the knobs on all the things to try to capture each person's questions as best he can but of course when he turns up the knob that makes that person loud that also makes the um the air conditioner that is next to that person correspondingly super loud too and so when you hear like the air conditioner whoosh up really loud and then become really quiet that's um that's actually josh uh doing that so so there you go um that's a little behind the scenes technical thing if you want to create uh, your own barroom lecture series podcast and you want to give it that that uh that lo-fi edge that trampoline hall has you could use that same technique and that leads nicely into uh this episode's lecture uh the topic is burritos and the lecturer is monica heisey Uh, the end of my life's first great love occurred within moments of the discovery of my second. 
and this will perhaps sound less callous when you note that my life's second great love affair has been with burritos. There have been new relationships since that first love, of course, but they've all been either equal to or secondary to some combination of refried beans, cheese, guacamole, and tortilla. The word burrito means little donkey. Uh, the reason for this is unknown. <laughs> the most popular theory is that it was served out of the back of donkey carts. Uh, certainly donkey has never been an ingredient. Some theories suggest that burritos look like the bedrolls that donkeys often carried on their backs, and more creative types have suggested they look like donkeys' ears. But to be honest, everyone is kind of dancing around the little donkey idea with very little guidance. Um, <clears throat> Taylor and I met at university. He was part Mexican, as he told me often. He was very proud of this. The purported ratio of Mexican to non-Mexican parts was unclear and shifted throughout the course of our relationship as I met more and more of his family members who turned out to not, to not to be Mexican at all. He was 50-50 until I met his parents, a Scottish-Canadian man named literally Robbie Burns, <laughs> and a blonde woman with a gap in her teeth that she claimed was lucky. He was a vague 25% until I met his grandmother, who had in fact been born in Mexico but was of European origin and had run away to Canada with her also European high school teacher at the age of 18. I think we finally settled on about one-eighth. Yet somehow from our first meal together in the autumn of 2006 till our second last in the fall of 2009, we did not consume a single burrito. Mexico doesn't actually consume that many burritos per year. Uh, while the dish is traditional to some areas in the north of Mexico, in the south it exists almost exclusively for tourists and is kind of looked upon as a tacky food. What you picture when you picture a burrito is almost certainly an American bastardization of the original. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Burritos are, I think, the perfect comfort food. They're warm and soft and filling with a light crunch provided by lettuce and some vegetables to complement the overall oozy texture of guacamole, beans, melted cheese, sour cream, sour cream, sour cream, sour cream. It's the kind of thing you can't really eat alone. Someone needs to be there, a testament to the fact that this burrito is a choice you're making and not a lifestyle. You have friends and a job and a life outside of this dimly lit restaurant with the linoleum floor and the folding chairs, and you will return to it shortly. But first, you and your assembled friends will do something truly unspeakable to a foil-wrapped parcel in front of you containing enough food to reasonably feed three adult humans. Uh, the earliest recorded instance of the word burrito is in a Mexican dictionary uh, from 1895. And then three states that a burrito is a rolled tortilla with meat or other ingredients inside. And says there are variations of it in Yucatan. I should have pronounced these words first. Cuernavaca and in Mexico City. <laughs> there is some suggestion that burritos are a war food brought into America during the Mexican-American strife of the early 1900s. There is very little documentation of the burrito's early days. Presumably all surrounding paper was being used as napkins. <clears throat> Taylor and I met at a house party. A friend of mine in first year was dating a guy who was, if you can possibly believe it, in second. He had his own house, and we could barely stand it. They were throwing a back-to-school party, and we, young, eager, excited freshmen that we were, got there embarrassingly early. <laughs> so early that when a tall, handsome, partially Mexican man answered the door, he was not yet wearing a shirt. He had a six-pack. This mattered at the time. I was still being weaned off of 
Josh Hartnett posters torn out of YM. The six-pack later told me that his name was Taylor and that he was shirtless because, quote, all of his clothes were in the wash. (laughs) We found that we shared a drama class and made a habit of having lunch together afterwards. When I went on a few dates with one of his friends, he made fun of me. One night, we planned to meet some friends at a local club. In the middle of the gross Canadian winter, everyone else canceled. Should we still go, he asked. Sure. The next morning, we made breakfast, and I wore his sweatpants. (laughs) We ignored our friends for the rest of the semester and presumably for several years beyond. Through some teen romance voodoo, we ended up spending the summer in Italy, living and working in a dried-up ski town in the Alps for a now-defunct government program that took bureaucrats' children away from them when they weren't in school. We taught English for four hours a day and had sex for the remaining 20. We traveled to France, drinking wine on the beach and failing to smoke cigarettes, 19 and alone and the most good-looking we would ever be in our lives. One night we took the train to Monaco, won 700 euros and spent it all on champagne. We said I love you when we got back to Canada because we had both been intimidated by the raw, unfiltered romance of the European setting. (laughs) I turned 20 and then 21. A true burrito is actually a rather plain mix... Of beans, meat, and rice or cheese. Chipotle is lying to you. The overstuffed, multi-ingredient, aluminum foil, heavy diapers you think of as a burrito are known as mission-style burritos and originated in San Francisco in the 1960s. It is predicted that by 2018, Chipotle's annual sales will be more than $6.5 billion in the U.S. alone. Throughout my entire two and a half largely happy years with Taylor, I did not eat a single burrito. Not one. I knew they existed, of course. There was a Mexican restaurant in our little university town, Tacos El Asador. Our house was across the street, and for some reason I still never got it together to go. Poutine was really the it food for students at the time. Now it is something called Puner, a combination of poutine and doner. That sounds like a great idea if you are 18 and drunk and don't know how bad it's going to be to have a body later in life. I ate all of the individual ingredients required for a complete burrito often, just separately. I knew my way around a plate of homemade nachos better than most. I'd experienced the odd taco night and was an accomplished fajita chef. I had a real boner for sour cream. Uh, The frozen burrito was invented in 1964 in California and was an instant hit with latchkey kids, bachelors, and single dads everywhere. Breakfast burritos were invented sometimes in the early 1970s, and are now fairly widespread across the U.S., but not in Mexico. A year older than me, Taylor got into an overseas grad program midway through my third year. I sat with him in the student newspaper office while he did his entrance interview. They liked him, I could tell. Well, I offered when he got off the phone, we could break up. England is very far away, and you were terrible at being in Paris. (laughs) We could get back together when I come over there next year for I also had plans of British grad school. He wouldn't hear of it. What's the point, he asked. We're going to be together a very long time, next year included. In October 1977, the face of Jesus appeared in a flour tortilla in Lake Arthur, New Mexico. (laughs) The thumb-sized Jehovah-shaped mark in the tortilla stopped the production of Maria Rubio's husband's breakfast burrito. It was never completed. 
Within two years, over 35,000 people had visited the holy relic, which came to be known as the Miracle Tortilla. Mrs. Rubio quit her job and worked full-time presiding over a homemade shrine called the Shrine of the Holy Tortilla. However, in November of 1977, a competing miracle tortilla appeared in the skillet of a Phoenix woman named Ramona Barreras. This time, it was not just the face of the Savior, but also the letters K, J, C, and B, which stood, according to Mrs. Barreras, for King Jesus is coming back. (laughs) Several years later, in March of 1983, Paula Rivera of Hidalgo, Texas, found the face of Jesus in a corn tortilla and attempted to start a third competing shrine a bit late in the game. Pilgrims were loyal to the original miracle tortilla, and Mrs. Rivera's shrine did not last long. Months pass, and now it is Taylor's 22nd birthday. His plane for England leaves tomorrow. We are celebrating this milestone with his family at a Mexican restaurant. Taylor's mother had said, of course, after the words Mexican restaurant on the phone. I do not see why, of course, we are going there, but I do not really care. Mentally, I am already about two weeks into the tragic but beautiful yearnings of long distance, sending and receiving gorgeous love letters, pining dramatically by windows and in cafes, beatifically alone. We arrive a few minutes ahead of everyone else and settle into a booth, looking over the menu. I think I'll get a burrito, I say. I don't think we should stay together when I go to England, he says. Black bean burritos are also a good source of dietary fiber and phytochemicals. (laughs) I have a few seconds to think about Taylor's pronouncement. I mostly use this time to make a high-frequency noise audible only to dogs and heartbroken teenage girls. The noise morphs then into a strangled but bright hi. As I hold back tears and shriek a greeting at his parents, grandmother, and little brother who have all arrived at once. Um, I make small talk about my fourth-year courses with the grandparents, discuss the menu with the grandmother, and ask the brother about his World of Warcraft stats. Taylor tries to hold my hand under the table. His gesture is absolutely not returned. In 2006, Panera Bread attempted unsuccessfully to prevent the opening of a Qdoba Mexican grill, citing a contact granting Panera exclusive sandwich rights in the mall where Qdoba hoped to build. Superior Court Judge Jeffrey Locke heard testimony from chefs, culinary historians, and a high-ranking agricultural official before ruling that a burrito is not legally a sandwich. (laughs) The delineating factor in the end was quantity. A sandwich is two slices of bread, a burrito a single tortilla. While Taylor's dad ordered a round of drinks for everyone, I went to the bathroom and cried, ugly and loudly like only a 21-year-old girl can for a long time. Not too long, obviously. I had to get back upstairs for margaritas. I spent a few minutes wiping my face clean of smeared mascara and the shattered pieces of my girlish dreams for the future and returned to the table. Our food had already arrived. Taylor was staring at me intensely, and I knew he could tell I had been crying. He gave me an angsty look that said, sorry. (laughs) And I gave him a look that said, kill yourself. (laughs) I slid into the booth beside him, stopping at enough of a distance that I saw his grandmother notice. I've never had a burrito before, I said cheerily, trying not to blush or cry or stab Taylor in the face with a fork. The original Miracle Tortilla met its end in 2005, 
when Mrs. Rubio's granddaughter took it to school for show and tell. It was dropped by a careless student, and the 30-year-old tortilla shattered instantly upon contact with the floor. The pieces now live in a special drawer in New Mexico, but I imagine they are not looked at often. The anticipated weeks of exquisite longing for my overseas love were replaced in my imagination now with visions of a future ruined. Obviously, my life was over. I was 21, alone, and had been betrayed by my true love. It didn't matter that food had arrived. I would never know happiness. I would die alone, cold, and... Holy shit. (laughs) Good Lord. I am sure you all remember what it tastes like to try a burrito for the first time. (laughs) Amazing, in short. Incredible. It was like all my favorite sauces, fillings, and flavors had been brought together and wrapped gently in the arms of my other favorite thing on earth, warm bread. I could not believe I had never had one before. I ate quietly, but with what I presume was visible purpose. For the first time, I experienced that thing where it's like, should I stop eating this burrito? I'm pretty full, but maybe I should just push through that. Just because the best stuff is probably collected at the bottom and I don't want to miss out. And oh, there it goes. Looks like the whole thing is gone. I felt no need to deal with the Taylor issue anymore. I needed extra cilantro immediately. I was not interested in heartbreak when there was so much green salsa in the world. Sure, my chest cavity felt like, and this is a quote from an email that I sent to him later, like someone had pooped in it. But how bad could the world be really when this sheer amount of sour cream could exist as part of a single meal for one person? (laughs) I read a website today uh, in doing some research for facts about burritos that told me, uh, which assured me that, quote, it is unlikely that the Aztecs ever made anything approximating a burrito, but I bet they would have liked it if they had. (laughs) I agree. When the plates were cleared, Taylor's parents brought out a birthday cake. I abstained. I was too full. I sang happy birthday to him with his family and may have even smiled for a picture. I do not know where that picture is now, but I feel sorry for it. (laughs) Taylor moved to England the next day, and a few months later I started seeing an old friend who became, and has so far, stayed my boyfriend. The route between... Okay, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The route between our two houses the first year we dated was home to six burrito restaurants. I gained 12 pounds and had one of the best summers of my life. You know what they say, when God closes a door, sometimes he reveals himself to you in a tortilla. Monica, Monica Heisey, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Are there any questions? Oh, there's a question right over there. Yes, you, sir. Since that first burrito, what's your What's your favorite burrito apart from the first one? Oh, that's so hard. Um, if, I'm, if I'm just having, like, you know, in and out get a burrito. <laughs> um, uh, steak burrito, number one. But I, I like that there are so many varieties. Um, I had one with a mango salsa in it recently that was pretty nice. <laughs> When you, say, when you say, if I'm just having like in and out to get a burrito, mm-hmm. is there some alternate burrito experience that you're like... Well, well, if you're sitting down with friends and you're going to like make margaritas happen and really do it, then uh, you might want to try something different because you can talk about the flave situation with your friends. But if you are just you know, eating and you have to go somewhere... Right, just you and the burrito. You're wearing a loose pant. You're ready... <laughs> Then steak all the way. Yeah. Right, cool. Steak. So the answer is, as often is the case, steak. Yes, you, ma'am. What is the best burrito shop in the city? What's the best burrito shop in Toronto? That's a really good question, and I am really horrified about what I'm about to say because it's the best burrito place anywhere, and it's Chipotle. It's right. It's really good. It's so good. Why There's... is it so good? Because it's because they because it's a why. I they really just give you everything you're asking for plus what you're afraid to ask for, I think. <laughs> you know? So all the local places should just give up Well, and just be like the multinational burrito corporation. They know what they're doing. It's too bad. All right. It's just the way it is. All right, so there you go, Chipotle. Is there a, do you have a favorite, like, is there a favorite local one or is it even worth asking? It's not even matter. You're just like, I've been living in London for four years and the only place near me was a, a USA Pizza and Burrito Cafe. So I, I've been really loyal to Chipotle for a while. That sounds, that sounds like it was like made up by people who are just like, oh, just, I know, just take words from the dictionary. And in, in London as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a question over here. Yes, you, sir. You mentioned like nachos and tacos and fajitas. Are they like a close second? What about nachos and tacos and fajitas? Where do those fit in? I mean, I think we can all agree Tex-Mex is up doing good work. Uh, I recently got into like little trendy soft shell tacos those are and if you want a place to go for those barrio coreano on bloor street the servers are too intense but the food is delicious all right good so there you go there you go yes other mexican foods okay also also uh, oh also i should say here they sell you they sell them here don't they (laughs) this is the sort of thing that i'm supposed to be they're always like remind people about the food and I'm like, oh, yeah, but an opportunity never comes up. <laughs> I think, I, think I, I can't really use that excuse today. So they do. They have tacos. They're, they're wonderful. Um, <laughs> try, to, try the shrimp. I don't know. Yes, you, sir. Do you think Taylor, like, 
Do you think Taylor saw that his family was about to arrive when he said he wanted to break up? We have talked about that. Um, <laughs> he has since apologized for the timing of that choice. I think, well, the way he put it, he, he and I both sort I mean, I had suggested we break up. He and I both sort of knew that a year of long distance would be crappy and we weren't really up for it as a couple. Um, and he had, I mean, he had like 20, it was a 24-hour window to do it. I think he was probably going to drop it at the airport. <laughs> um, but sort of got, worked it up to do it a little bit faster than that. I think he didn't want to have to talk about it too much because he was nervous and stressed out about it. You know, like when you're 20 and you don't want to confront anything, you just want to like do it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like now we're all where so we're mature like, and good at it. We're really yeah. just like face things head on. That's, that's been my experience of adulthood pretty much. Uh, yes, any, any other, uh, oh, there's back, yes, you with, you with your hand up, yes. What's a good beverage to go with? What's a good drink to go with a burrito? Oh, um, well, I mean, a margarita is a classic. Um, Chipotle makes them really strong. Uh, <laughs> Really? They paid true? me to do this talk. It is the first ever sponsored trampoline hall. Um, I like it so far. What a way to sell out, right? That's great. Um, uh, I like a, a Diet Coke with a burrito. Diet and then Coke you get delicious. to do little burrito burps for the next, like, two hours and relive the magic. Diet Coke, that's it's very good. All right, any, uh, any other... Uh, any other questions? Anything else? Yes, you, sir. Any insight behind the Mexican identity? Fifty percent. Why? Why did? Why did Taylor pretend to be Mexican? What? 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 What's up with that? I'm paraphrasing it. And why? Does why it, did why it is shift? The, why does the percentage shift? Well, it was like it's like that thing where you you emphasize something about yourself that you like, right? Um, and sort of like gently mislead people. I don't think it's full lying to be like I'm partially Mexican. You know, I'm I'm partially French, but we all know that this is like 100% white bread Canadian right. situation. Right. If I wanted to feel exotic, I might say I'm part French. So. <laughs> uh, oh, who, well, yes, you over, yes, you over there. Um, I think it's interesting that you don't associate the burrito with heartbreak. And all right. All right. What, are, what are good foods to eat when you're heartbroken? What are other f- good foods to eat when you're heartbroken? Oh, um, plain pasta... <laughs> With salt and olive oil and a bottle of red wine. You really knew the answer to that question. Well, as much as I wrapped up that little burrito anecdote in a fun way, there was a period of time after the first burrito and before the rest of my life's burritos that was pretty grim. Heartbreak. Do you, would you, is, would you say the burrito is like, is it like a favorite food of yours? Yes. Is it, is it your favorite food? Um, yes. Do you think that it became your favorite food specifically because of the traumatic, like the, like something about that experience? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, that's what this piece came from is because I was thinking about that. Like you think had you had key lime pie for the first time when someone was breaking up with you, you'd be like key lime pie is the best or whatever? Maybe. Right. I, yeah, I think it's a, like a... One of those food memory things, like so chocolate chip like, cookies, are very like childhood happy because my mom made really good ones. Horrible happened when you ate a chocolate and chip. And there was a car accident. No, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that's a. But also now I have so many positive burrito connotations. I kind of feel like I went on a binge to erase the original connotation because the food was so good. 
I didn't want to associate burritos with sadness forever, so I was like, oh, okay, fall in love and eat a ton of burritos with the new guy. I think that was actually Chipotle's thing, too, was to not associate burritos with sadness. Right. That was one of their, their big marketing ploys. <laughs> that, worked, that worked for them, breaking that association. Uh, yes, you, sir. Have you ever gone on a, a burrito road trip? Have you ever gone on a burrito road trip? Is, is that an invitation? Because that sounds amazing. Maybe, is, maybe my honeymoon. Wait, what is that? Have you, have, I'm gonna ask, have you ever been on a burrito road trip? No, but you thought maybe she had been. Yeah. All I, right. would, I would love to. Fair enough. Do that. <laughs> Arizona, Texas, all the states that have a Chipotle in them. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else people would like to know? Oh, wait, over there. Yes, you, ma'am. Yes. What ingredient should never go in a burrito? What ingredient? What should never go in a burrito? What, what, what should not go in a burrito at all? Uh, I had a burrito where they were like, we can put chow mein in it instead of rice. And I was like, okay. And I took that risk, and that is an expensive $8 mistake, I think. Uh, chow mein should never... I think don't mess with a rice and beans base, right. and then do you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yes, over here. Yes, sir. On that one, does that also apply to Taco Bell? What about Taco Bell? Wait, what, wait, what about Taco Bell? Well, she said don't mess with the rice and beans. Oh, don't mess with the rice and beans. But, but wait, what about Taco Bell? Could you call it a burrito in the same? Well, technically a burrito is just beans and uh, cheese, I think, and some kind of meat if you want, like original burrito. Yeah, what we're eating as a burrito is not right. <laughs> Wait, so that, what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean? You mean my watermelon sushi burrito is not actually, <laughs> not actually an authentic burrito? Um, I don't know that much about Taco Bell, I'm afraid. Only familiar with the uh, Fry Supreme. What is the taco? Is, are you thinking, is there something special about their burrito? That's, no, it's horrible. It's bad. Um, oh, but suppose well, that's, that's, their, yeah, that's their thing. I try. You've I, never had the Taco Bell burrito? I try not to go to Taco Bell. Just as a life choice. What, what are, you, are you like? Well, I, there's one in the basement of where I work. Okay. There's one in the basement. All right, he has a reason. There's one I it's like he doesn't choose to go there. It's just in the basement of where he works. Mm-hmm. Every three or four months. Right. How can you not go down to the basement and eat a really bad burrito <laughs> in a basement of the place where you work? All right. Um, so the, I don't know what the question was, but the answer was don't eat that burrito at Taco Bell. I'm, I'm sorry we lost you. Oh, is there anything else, anything else you wanted to know? I thought there was another question. Oh, yeah, back there. Yes, thank you. Is there a food that you absolutely despise? Is there a food that you hate? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there is. Um, yeah, oh, I'm one of the people who doesn't like... What's the herb that people don't like? Cilantro. But it's not cilantro. Coriander. I hate coriander. Nope, then okay. I hate <laughs> parsley. Parsley. They look very familiar. This is a constant struggle of my life. I hate parsley. I always say I hate coriander, and I don't get coriander, which I actually very much like. <laughs> Parsley. It's a terrible life you have. It's very hard. So like, I hate coriander, so they're like, oh, well, we should just give her some extra parsley then. I know. I was ordering, um, what's that salad that's just tabbouleh? Don't, don't fall for this trick again. No, mistake. She, no, what is a salad just tabbouleh? Tabbouleh is, like, mostly parsley. And I was like, that's fine. No, it's not fine. All right, so parsley. Parsley is the food that you hate. Yeah. Parsley. 
So now you guys have that knowledge, and I've given it to you. <laughs> now take that knowledge and run with it. Make it yours. Let it become part of you. I think that's it. The, the best of the show, right? So there you go. We'll wrap it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, Monica Heisey, ladies and gentlemen. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Naomi Squarna. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Trampling Hall is a sumo audio podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and the World Wide Web. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot. Uh, I am Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.